Hello, thanks for joining us on the RFP. I'm your host, Deb Livingston, Director of Video at Freestyle Creative. Kelly Gann, our fearless leader, our president at Freestyle is my co-host today. And our guest at Paycom Center is Brian Burns, Senior VP of Sales and Marketing at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be here at Paycom Center. Appreciate the reference. It's brand new to all of us, so it's great to be able to articulate that with confidence and, and optimism, and uh, it's, a, it's a joy to be here. So thank you for the in invitation. Yeah, Brian, it's been, I think, over a year since we've seen a lot of our industry friends, so lots to catch up on. A lot has changed for the Thunder. A lot has changed, obviously, for Paycom Center. Um, tell us what you've been up to this past year. Well, as I begin to think about that, I thought about the introductions, and as long as I've known you, I think I've always heard you referenced as the fearless leader. Every time that there's a Kelly Gann reference, it's fearless leader. It's true. I love it. Yeah. I think that's because I have Deb introducing me each time. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm her professional hype. I know. Hype thank woman. you. Your CEO is quite the champion for you as well. Yeah. Uh, well, lucky to work with you guys. And yeah, thanks for joining us this morning. So lots to talk about. And um, what have you been up to, I guess, outside of even just Thunder basketball this past year? As, as we think about that, you know, the thing that's most overwhelming for me to think about, you know, where is the Thunder today? As, as we record this, it's, it's you know, mid-September uh, 2021, and it has been 19 months since the day that the Thunder, um, the game against Utah Jazz uh, was really the epicenter uh, of, you know, what was happening with COVID uh, at the time, and in many respects was kind of the, um, kind of the poster for shutting down sports and entertainment uh, in the country, if not the world. There had been a number of things happening just before that, but what happened here that night, um, given a national television audience and everything that was happening, um, you know, really changed, I think, so much of, of, of what's happened uh, in live sports and entertainment, and certainly here in Oklahoma City. And to sit here today and, and be on the cusp of, you know, being away from our fans for 20 months uh, is just a powerful thought uh, about you know, what the opportunity is for us to reinvent the Thunder experience, to reconnect with our community, to reconnect with our fans and our partners, and to uh, bring the energy uh, back to what the Thunder can mean for our city and our state. And I think that's maybe the most overwhelming thing that we've been thinking about uh, in these 19 months uh, in anticipation of starting the season in October. And um, that comes with so many tentacles. It's about bringing our team back together. It's about bringing live experiences back to Paycom Center. It's about reconnecting with our market. And it's also about doing it in a completely new and different and innovative way, um, in, in part driven by COVID and health and safety. But also it's given us a chance to kind of reinvent ourselves. And it's given us a chance to think creatively and differently because of the time away. And while you don't want to wish that on any business, um, I think the best businesses will be the ones that, that use that to their advantage. And, and I'm really proud of our organization for using this time to think creatively and innovatively about what we can do as a business and a brand. Agreed. I think a lot of this has forced people to innovate, forced brands to innovate. And then thinking about communities too, everybody was so you know, separated by this past year. So I think thinking about bringing fans, communities, connections, and doing that in a different way while still apart. I think it's been very interesting to see how different organizations have done that. Um, 
But backing up a little bit, so Brian, we've known you for many years, um, but don't necessarily get the chance to do a deep dive into career history and background. So to bring our listeners up to speed, tell us about your background in marketing and sales, and then also about your history with the organization, because you go way back to the early years. I do. I, I'm going to date myself in answering that question, but I guess that's part of the deal. Um, I, I thought about um, the career journey a little bit in advance of this discussion today, and, and I'm going to be 30 years in this business uh, this year. Um, started in, in the early 90s in San Antonio as an as a entry-level, um, while I was in school, uh, telemarketing salesperson. And um, what a great opportunity at the time, when you look back on that, to break into a business and to have such an opportunity to learn and to grow and to develop um, and, and do it in a way that, you know, I, I didn't have any expectations of, of what this was going to become. I had no idea. 150 people work in an organization like this and 17 different business disciplines and drive, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year in, in, in business and, and economy. At the time, um, you know, the sports business was, I don't think, as, it certainly wasn't as sophisticated as it is today. Uh, it was, it was a, a much smaller enterprise at the time. And um, getting your foot in the door to sell tickets was really maybe the only avenue to really explore a career in, in sports. Today, we would open the door and, you know, so many different avenues from content to data analytics to sales and hospitality and those kind of things. But back then, it was about just selling tickets. And I, I just distinctly remember a, a moment in time where, uh, with my colleagues trying to sell these ticket packages for the San Antonio Spurs, I, I just could not believe just the, the great fortune to be able to do that. I was so excited to be able to talk about going to a basketball game, an NBA basketball game, and, and selling Spurs tickets to see Michael Jordan or Dominique Wilkins or Patrick Ewing. And I think I look back on that now, and I, I didn't know that strategically at the time, but I've learned that it's that passion and it's that energy and it's that just that love for what you do that can propel you on your path. And, and today, I think that's one of the core things we try to teach you know, folks that, that join our organization is to really have a passion for what you're going to do. And, and I've tried to harness that. I think throughout these 30-something years, my career has taken me uh, through uh, working in Dallas for, for more than 10 years for professional sports teams. I was in Phoenix for uh, four years working for a professional sports team. And then I ended up in Seattle in 2004. And that was a great opportunity for me at the time uh, to join an organization that was going through uh, a bit of a, a, a reset itself. It was, it was uh, an organization that um, had tremendous opportunity as a brand um, in thinking about its future in Seattle with a, with a new venue. And although that didn't materialize, and ultimately um, the ownership group from Oklahoma City purchased the team and, and moved the team in 2008, um, it, it really was a great opportunity for me to be a part of something that is very rare, and that's to be in a new market with a new team and being able to start from scratch and to do it with um, colleagues that all had just that similar goal in mind just fresh slate. What could you do? What would you do differently? What would you do creatively? How could you design a business model um, to really connect to a community in a very authentic way? And sports teams have an, an inherent advantage in that. There, there's such an emotion behind sports properties and, and entertainment properties that you have an inherent advantage in trying to be a community platform, a community asset. But I'll put our strategy up against anyone's in terms of its authenticity and, and, its, um, and its focus. It's in our mission statement to be a leader in our community. 
And so it's no accident that, that I think that we lead all of our decision-making, all of our thought processes, um, our investments in our community through the lens of how are we impacting Oklahoma City? How are we impacting Oklahoma at large? How can we be a catalyst for growth? How can we be a catalyst for innovation? How can we be a source of confidence economically and culturally and otherwise? And, and, and I don't know that sports teams aren't necessarily designed to think that way in that order. I think in, in most cases, you're in highly competitive markets with other sports properties and bigger metropolises. And you are um, really driven by your retail performance. You know, how well are you selling your product uh, to compete in a very cluttered marketplace? That's not to suggest that we don't have competition. We certainly do um, from other sports properties, entertainment properties, and lifestyle experiences in Oklahoma. But I do know that we have an enormous responsibility as, as we built this brand to be a leader uh, and, and to be a thought leader and to be a, a, a community leader. And we take that very seriously. And I think that's something that's really unique. And when I think about the, just the journey for myself or the journey for, for those of us that have been with the team, uh, beginning in, in the summer of 2008, when we launched this uh, in Oklahoma City, the opportunity to connect to the community and lead from that lens uh, was articulated from the very beginning. And I'm proud to say that that's still a very important part of how we think as a business. And I think that's why we're on the path to sustainability. I, I think that's as we enter our 14th season in Oklahoma City this fall, and we think about where can this organization be in its 20th year and in its 25th year and so forth, you have to have a strong foundation. You have to have something that, that people can believe in. And, and I think that we're on the path to having developed that in a very authentic way that, that drives the business. Now, Brian, we're talking about uh, you know, how, you, how you came to the Thunder. For the average uh, marketing professional who is not in the sports business, uh, how would you describe your role within the Thunder? Well, I'm really fortunate to have my, um, my influence in a lot of different areas. Uh, revenue generation is, is one uh, through our corporate partnerships team and our ticket sales team. Um, and so revenue generation, all of the parts that go into that uh, really are an important responsibility. From a marketing perspective about managing the brand uh, and, and what type of influence does the brand have and how do you continue to nurture and grow and develop the brand and, and also from a brand perspective, to really make sure that you have uh, an identity and a soul behind what that brand is. And, you know, we, we get attacked from all angles at all times uh, because of just the profile and the stature of being an NBA franchise and, 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 and what the Thunder has developed. And so there's equal parts playing offense with brand management and defense. And, and, and that's, a, that's a tall task. But I have a great team and colleagues that, that work and think about that every day and and what comes through that in terms of you know identifying the brand and, and working through it are folks that are on our content teams and and creating content in ways today that looks like a media company and i couldn't have told you that 10 years ago much less 15 or 20 years ago but today we're as much a media company as anything else um, in terms of how we produce our content the stories that we tell the mediums that are available to us and the opportunity we have to really control and lead in a very fractured and disparate marketplace of, of how content can be distributed, we've developed you know, really solid platforms, uh, whether it's our film uh, through uh, Thunder Films or whether it's our social platforms or it's our television broadcast, it's our in-game experience, and it's all of the other things that we touch. There are so many ways to be involved in our business that I think um, for young marketers and, and for folks who are trying to learn their way through the business and find career paths, 
I think sometimes you may look at sports and think, well, if I'm not really a sports fan or if I'm not a diehard sports fan or if I really don't know the intricacies of, of a sports environment, then that's not really a path for me. And, and, and I would say that's 100% wrong, that we have so many talented people that work at the Thunder, much less our industry, that are not sports, sports aficionados, that they don't know the intricate details of, of the game and the sport and the players but they bring a skill set and a talent that's really uh, important to developing and building a property like the Thunder and, and, and a sports brand. And a lot of that's been influenced and amplified by just the explosion in content and the various distribution platforms that we find ourselves with today. Yeah, speaking of content, um, you know, you were saying how it, <laughs> something that you say can be interpreted by one group or another group, does that ever uh, hinder you guys from being creative because um, you're not trying to uh, offend one group or you know be seen appeasing to another group. Is that does that ever uh, appear as like a roadblock for you? It's a it's a very uh, it's a very challenging uh, lens for us at times. You know, with every opportunity is a challenge, and so with us, the opportunity is that the brand I think uh, stands for um, a, a lot of things today. It, it stands for professionalism. It stands for a high standard of excellence. It stands for creativity and innovation. It stands for equality. It stands for opportunity um, and inspiration. And, and, and I think we try to live up to those ideals in everything that we do and, and every touch point with the consumer and every way that we produce our content. Um, there's a purpose and there's an intent behind everything that we do. At the same time, everybody wants a piece of something and you can't be all things to all people. And we also have to resist kind of the nature of what we are, and that's a 365-day experience for people. It's an emotional thing to be connected to the thunder. And things like what happens in our society or pop culture references or faddish experiences or things that are, you know, kind of in the TikTok generation that kind of come and go so quickly, we, we, we spend a lot of time uh, on a daily basis thinking about where and how do we connect in those areas and where do we intentionally not engage uh, so that the brand continues to have uh, resonance in the areas we want it to. And it's okay. I think sometimes this is the hardest part. It's okay internally for us to decline opportunities and to maybe walk away from some creative ideas if it doesn't align with our general purpose uh, as an organization, or if we think it has just a kind of a marginal impact on creativity or storytelling or you know, that kind of faddish experiences that we see on an almost a daily basis. The Thunder doesn't have to play in all those spaces. And, and yet there'll be a lot of criticism sometimes from folks that say, but why not? It'd be so easy for the Thunder to help us with this story, or it'd be so easy for the Thunder to amplify this, or it'd be so easy for the Thunder to connect in, in some audience segment. And we have to think long and hard about how we do that um, to just, again, come back to the consistency that I think a brand like ours has the opportunity uh, to, to really represent and build upon. And so there, there's tension uh, around every corner. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a bit of the burden of trying to be a brand of influence is that you have to really find ways to be uh, a leader and thoughtful and engaging and connected and unifying, but you can't be all things to all people at all times either. It's, it's, it, there's a lot of tension on that. And I think it's one of the things that our team works the hardest at is to find that path. Yeah, Kelly, I think that's something that we deal with in, in our business as well. It's just trying to figure out what is the, the right thing. Hey, this is a really funny video. Should we do it? Well, I don't know. I don't think that's a great idea. 
when you engage. Yeah, that's the challenge. And so, Brian, you've seen the brand through, you know, the origination and over 14 years, there's been many different eras of, of Thunder basketball and we're entering a new chapter. And so when you're going into a season and going into a new era, how do you all approach that from the brand perspective and, and marketing initiatives? When, when we first launched the team in, in 2008, um, we, we, we were obviously an infant brand. We were trying to define what the Thunder was going to be. At the same time, we were acting it out. So we're building legacy in real time in many respects. We're building our history day to day. And we're very cognizant of that. And, and I mentioned earlier, we're going into our 14th season. And that gives us strength. It gives us a foundation. But in our competitive set, there are organizations in sports that have been around for 50, 75, maybe 100 years. Uh, whether it's in the NBA or, or other properties. And so we're, we're well aware that we're still very much in the infancy stages of what we're doing. And when I think about 2008, 2009, 2010, those very early foundational years for the Thunder, we very intentionally adopted this attitude that was born through some marketing platforms at the time called Rise Together. And Rise Together was about emphasizing the together, it was about bringing people together. It was about uniting disparate groups throughout our city and our state. It was about um, this notion of rising, and so that we were constantly developing, constantly building, that the team was in a constant state of development and growth, um, that you could look out the window into downtown Oklahoma City and you could literally see the manifestation of what growth looked like. The Devon Tower was literally coming out of the ground and it was growing to its 50 stories and changing the, the landscape of what Oklahoma City looked like and the myriad gardens and other things that were being redeveloped at the time. And so the Thunder found itself right in the middle of this really um, energetic environment and that we were amplifying the sense that Oklahoma City was a tremendous place to live, work, and play and that there was a cultural and economic renaissance happening around that time um, that soon thereafter you see things like you know, the, the micro districts, whether it's you know the film district or it's the Midtown or it's Deep Deuce or you know, any, any of these other, you know, micro communities that developed with restaurants and art galleries and, um, and you know, the explosion of kind of the culinary experience in Oklahoma City. And we found ourselves in the middle of all that. So Rise Together was a way for us to connect, but yet also help to educate our audience that this was about something that was growing, developing, and it was, it was fluid. And then as time progresses, and we've gone through iterations of team performance, where we've, we've certainly had very successful uh, teams, uh, we've, we've certainly changed maybe a little bit of the expectation of what it means to be a Thunder fan and, and how you um, engage and follow players and, and, and different teams from year to year. And then when COVID hits and we take a 20-month break, it was a natural opportunity for us to think, what's the next generation look like? How do we lean into the next era, if you will? And so not so ironically, just before COVID, we were having workshops internally about how to address that. COVID accelerated uh, some of this thought process. But today, what you're going to hear a lot from the Thunder is about how we're moving onward. And it's always onward. We're always hooping. We're, 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 we're always excited. We're, we're always exuberant. We're always confident. And it's always onward. And that notion of just looking forward and being optimistic and thinking that the best days are in front of you. And how do you continue to innovate and create and lean into opportunities is something that really, I think, infuses um, the work in, in our group. I think it's inspiring for the people who work for the Thunder to be responsible for building our legacy in real time. 
And it's, a, it's also about a message to the marketplace that says we're, we're looking forward, that you know, it's about this confident expression of always onward. And, and I think you'll, you'll see a lot of what the Thunder creates and how we speak to the market um, and how we uh, support the team and the game experience and the fan connections will all be through this lens of just moving forward, moving Oklahoma City, moving Oklahoma forward um, in a very parallel um, kind of thought process to what Rise Together helped us to create in terms of an inspiration and a, and a call to action to the market. You know, speaking of kind of era changes, we are we are in the same building that has been here for probably 20, 20, 20 years. 20 years. Uh, it has a third name, it's, this, it's third name, uh, Paycom Center. What was the process of all that during a pandemic and just were, were you involved with that? What does that mean for your role, for the people who work for you? It's, um, it, it's, a, it's a long process to, to bring a partnership uh, of that scale together. This is about Paycom and the Thunder essentially getting married. You're, you're putting your brands together in, in the most signature way possible. It, it, the name of our home is Paycom Center. And so Paycom is, is uniquely connected to the Thunder uh, in, in its most valuable way. And so it's a, it's a very uh, complicated process to, to get there. The journey to get there, I think, speaks really well to how the Thunder um, thinks of itself. So the prior partnership was through Chesapeake Energy. And Chesapeake had been our naming rights partner for more than 10 years. And our relationship um, was so well connected and, and so well defined that it was beyond a marketing platform. We were together ide with ideology. We were together with our cultural approach. We were together on uh, how we treat our employees and how we create the environments for success, right? Creating the best conditions for our team to thrive. That's an important variable for the Thunder when we think about our vision. How do we create the best conditions for success for the employee, for the player, for our community, for our fan? Well, Chesapeake had those same values. When Chesapeake was on the, on the cusp of a bankruptcy, there had been such a foundation created between the two brands that they could be transparent to us in advance of that to say, here's what's going on in our business. And it allowed us to then reciprocate with, well, this is what it means to us. How do we work together? How do we walk together down this path? If, if ultimately this is not going to pan out, if we can't continue this way, we don't want to divorce. We don't want it to be acrimonious. We don't want it to be you know, fraught with tension and, and despair. And, and that's oftentimes what can happen in, in these big public breakups when companies go through something like that. We worked so well together and as a credit to the leadership team at Chesapeake. And obviously I'm so proud of the colleagues at, at the Thunder who, who walked that, that line because I think it speaks to relationships. I think it speaks to connectivity. I think it speaks to authenticity that two companies can work together in what could have been a very you know, uh, difficult process. That being said, it gave us a head start to get out to the marketplace, to talk to brands that were willing and able to think of themselves in this space. Paycom had joined us as a partner in 2018, so they were already a part of the family. We knew uh, of Paycom, we knew of their potential. Their CEO, Chad Richardson, had um, developed a relationship with our CEO, Clay Bennett. Um, they found a lot of common ground on how they think about supporting Oklahoma and growing Oklahoma and looking forward for how we can inspire Oklahoma together. And so we found a lot of common ground on values, on character, on how our brands can provide corporate leadership and community leadership. 
And through that, uh, the marketing platform follows, right? The, the opportunity for them to put their name on this venue and to be fully integrated um, as Paycom Center and all the Thunder does and everything else that happens here on non-Thunder. This is a 365-day platform for Paycom. And what's really exciting about that is I think Paycom also signifies where we're headed. They're an innovation company. They're a fintech company. They are a very young and aggressively uh, uh, molded company. They're growing fast. They're growing smartly. They are a national brand. They have um, a great uh, energy uh, about how they're impacting Oklahoma and Oklahoma City at large. More than 4,000 people uh, work for Paycom locally. So right in our backyard, they're the biggest employer. Um, and they have great aspirations for having a cultural impact and a community impact. And the Thunder found a lot of great synergy there. And we were building on the fact that we were already partners uh, in, in that space. And so it made a lot of sense on so many levels. And so that helped us really get through kind of the complexity of what this looks like. And I used the analogy earlier of a marriage. We're in this for 15 years. So we, we're, we're really thinking about like what 15 years of progress and innovation looks like. And What's the future of our business look like? And how can Paycom as a technology company and as a company known for innovation and its digital work, how can that really help our business grow and advance and develop? And so we're really excited about where we're headed with Paycom and they've been terrific uh, partners uh, in working through this. And when the season begins uh, in early October at Paycom Center, uh, it's going to be the beginning of the next era of, of the Thunder. And Paycom is a, is a great partner in that, in that way. Speaking of the business landscape in Oklahoma, entrepreneurship is a very important aspect of the ecosystem. And so I'm curious, can you tell us more about Thunder Launchpad? The Launchpad to us um, is such a, um, a fun thing uh, to talk about and to um, dream about, quite frankly. It's, it's in its fourth year of operation. We have a partnership with Stitch Crew. Uh, Erica and Chris Lucas are partners with Stitch Crew, and they operate a business accelerator inside of the Thunder Launchpad. And as we sit here in the fall of 2021, we're in our eighth batch uh, of, of entrepreneurs. And so we bring on 10 entrepreneurs uh, in, in each spring and fall batch. And so we're on the cusp of 80 unique entrepreneurs that have come through uh, our, our environment at the Thunder Launchpad. And technically what Stitch Crew is doing is helping them advance from where they are today to where they want to be. And some of them are ready for uh, funding. They're ready to take their business to the next level. Some are not. Some need some, some real work on business development. Some need some real work on their financial uh, acumen. Some need some help on their sales and marketing practices. But they're all entrepreneurs, they're all developing something. They have a, they have a spirit and, and an energy because they have an idea they're trying to solve for. And we are so proud to be involved in that because I think it speaks really well to um, what we want to help inspire in, in, in the business community as well. We need a vibrant economy in Oklahoma City and in Oklahoma. And we want to celebrate the entrepreneurial spirit. And we want to help highlight and promote and, and support that energy. And so the Thunder's role there is to provide the environment and to provide the resources. Um, Erica and her team work uh, with us on a daily basis to tap into our reach throughout uh, the community with our season ticket members who in many respects provide the backbone of their mentor network uh, through our corporate partnerships, which also provide business acumen and 
and technical expertise and obviously mentorship. And then we help to promote what's called Demo Day, which is when they get to tell their story and they get to take their next step, in some cases, to speak directly to a venture capitalist, or in other cases, just tout the fact that they've matured from stage A to stage B and they're ready to, to continue to develop and grow. And so we're really proud of the fact that we can be a corporate cheerleader uh, for, for entrepreneurship. Uh, Eric and her team work really closely with us about um, the type of businesses that they want to develop and and. And, uh, and support. And we're very agnostic about that. This is not about solving thunder business issues. Uh, in fact, of the 80 businesses, I'm not sure more than a handful have actually had some product or service that would benefit the thunder directly. Uh, and, and that's of no concern to us. Uh, if, if you have a, an idea you're solving for, if you have a business that you're trying to, to develop and mature in any acumen, our role is to support you and cheer for you and help t- for you to gain the experience and or the financial support that allows you to stay in Oklahoma, keep our talent in Oklahoma, keep the resources in Oklahoma, and not feel burdened uh, to have to you know move to Silicon Valley or move to whether it's Silicon Slopes or in Boulder or Austin or all these other places that, that have such a great brand around entrepreneurial uh, investment. We think Oklahoma City and Oklahoma can be just as powerful in that space. And of course, you see the innovation district that's that's maturing uh, here in Oklahoma City. And there's so many other uh, groups that are behind this. But um, we're proud of the fact that we've uh, ha- had uh, a flag in the ground now for several years. We see great potential in that space. Um, and we also see some ancillary programming that can that can come out of that through data analytics and coding workshops for kids and you know helping to really infuse the pipeline of of technical and, and, and digital experiences that everybody has said is part of the workforce development of the future. And so this is another way for the Thunder to try to impact that. So entrepreneurship is important. And then another booming industry in Oklahoma now is the film industry. It's really growing. And so wanted to speak with you more about Thunder Films because you mentioned that earlier. And so I know this past year, um, you all developed a documentary called Pause the Game, which showed essentially what happened during that fateful night here at the arena on March 11th, 2020. So tell us more about that documentary. Have you seen it? And tell us more about its debut at Dead Center Film Festival. Well, uh, I appreciate the, the the recognition for that. Thunder Films is a division uh, of our company that is uh, really th- developing uh, uh, more resources against telling stories. And it started uh, internally, uh, Dan Mahoney and, and Matt Tumelson uh, are our two lead uh, executives um, that run the division for us. And it started several years ago by doing documentaries on our players. Uh, we had a Stephen Adams documentary about the Kiwi Way, and uh, we went over to Spain and spent some time with a with, with a player that um, that was in Spain at the time. and. And we started to think, you know, we had the talent, we had the creativity, and we had the unique perspective to tell stories germane to the thunder in a way that was really um, only can only be told through the thunder's voice, if you will. And so um, we developed that. It was primarily for our television partner at the time. Um, but we really started to get some some ideation, some creativity behind how can that expand for us? How can we find more opportunities to tell stories that would really resonate to the consumer and to the fan, obviously, but also to help elevate our talent and our uh, team um, through um, through another channel. And, and so our team, again, led by Dan and Matt, have done a fantastic job of every year 
trying to find something that was a powerful way to impact our organization, to elevate uh, our organization, and tell it through um, through the lens of a traditional film. Dead Center, we've had a relationship, obviously, with, with Lance McDaniel and his team for many years. And of course, they're right down the road. And so we've thought uh, on so many levels about how we can be connected as a promotional partner, as a marketing partner, as a venue to showcase films and, and be a part of so many different things. And out of those discussions came um, the opportunity to debut our film at Dead Center. And I think Dead Center sees great value in having the Thunder as a promotional partner and to help drive uh, traffic both digitally and physically to their venues uh, during the, the Dead Center Festival. Um, and we certainly see great value in being a part of what they've developed, which is just one of the most signature events that happens in our community each summer. And so it's become a really cool uh, opportunity for us. And the pause the game uh, is the is the most recent iteration of the Thunder Films uh, portfolio. And again, that that was the opportunity for us to tell a story that had been, you know, obviously told through many other channels and many other platforms about what happened that night and, and our role in that. But this was a chance to tell it from our point of view, that we had unique uh, uh, perspectives on what transpired that night, who were the key uh, people involved in making decisions that night or had to react to decisions that were made that night, how did we plan in advance and certainly coming out of that, how did we um, kind of optimize the opportunity um, that, that comes from crisis to then lead and, and, and do it in, in a way that I think lives up to our values and, and, and our vision. And so Pause the Game is something we're incredibly proud of, um, and it uh, was very well received uh, in both the film community and then through uh, the distribution to our fans uh, through the digital channels. And it just, it's a reminder for us that we have a unique voice and that we have a unique opportunity to tell stories that can um, garner, uh, again, a wider reach. You know, there, there are folks uh, who I'm sure uh, are connecting to the thunder through film. And that's another way for us to to have an impact. And we're really proud of the program. Brian, for old school uh, sports leaders, have you found it hard for them to adopt to all these different avenues to be able, I mean, it used to just be it's on cable sports or is on network sports and papers and magazines. And that was how you shared stuff about the team. Has the Thunder been uh, good at adopting it's a challenge, quite frankly. It's a, it's a real challenge because it, it's it's changing so fast, and in in some respects, it's hard for us to to pivot some of the um, the legacy programs that are part of our business. As an example, today, being a cable subscriber to get the television broadcast is declining. People are cutting the cord. There are people who have never subscribed to cable. A younger audience, in particular. And that's become a real challenge for us because that's that's the platform. That's how these businesses were created. And for multiple generations, that was your primary vehicle with which to, A, generate revenue from ad sales or from cable subscriptions. Um, but it was also the primary vehicle to connect the content to the fan. Today, that is still what we're doing, but it's becoming more and more of a challenge as people migrate to streaming platforms, as people have cut the cord, as people expect a more mobile experience, people expect to have a more digital platform with which to receive content. And so we're straddling kind of the, the line today between continuing to service through an analog, for lack of a better term, an analog platform, and yet the future is all digital. And, and so as we move 
more of our content and more of our marketing platforms and more of our communications to the digital realm and trying to figure out how to do that in a very cluttered and fractured marketplace. You know, to find the consumer today is really challenging, as you know, um, through so many different social platforms and digital platforms and, and, and different vehicles. We are continuing to upskill our, our talent on how to do that, how to buy the media, how to, how to, how to aggregate the media, uh, how to create content um, that differentiates by channel, by, by medium. And yet we still are primarily responsible to, for delivering through the old analog platform. We've got to have a cable product because that's, that continues to be where the, where the game experience is going to be distributed. So it's forcing us to think differently. It's forcing us to um, you know, think through multiple layers uh, of what is the present day environment while also knowing that's not the future. And, and so we have to continue to build opportunities there. And, and we talked earlier about you know, kind of like that new generation or somebody who, who wants to work in this business. That's where the opportunities are today. If you're a content creator, if you're a, a digital media uh, uh, manager, if you understand the, the landscape of, of how distribution uh, is happening in, in, a, in a more virtual and digital experience, there are going to be untold opportunities in our business for that. Um, there are still obviously great opportunities uh, to work in more traditional channels like selling tickets or selling sponsorships or corporate hospitality or event management, event production. Um, but there is equal uh, opportunities now in kind of the new mediums and the new media, and that's content and, and, and distribution. And I think that's probably one of our biggest challenges today as a business is to really think about how to do that. Um, we saw that um, very directly in the last 12 months or so when through COVID, as COVID as a, as a catalyst, many people went to streaming platforms and expect to get their content at YouTube or Hulu or through Disney Plus or the Netflix or whatever that may be. And today, that's not where our content is being distributed. So we're going to have to continue to really work through that and, and find ways to connect and, and bring people together um, in ways that I think um, are, are a bit chaotic, but it's also where the opportunity lies. And that's how we choose to look at it. So looking ahead, I know many of us are very excited for the upcoming season. So from a brand strategy perspective, what is the approach and then what can fans look forward to in the upcoming season? Well, first and foremost, we have to continue the work uh, that we've been doing for quite a while on uh, our health and safety protocols. There, there's no question that to do anything today, to go to a coffee shop or a concert or a Thunder game, you have to have the confidence that the environment um, is, is, is adhering to health and safety standards. The consumer is expecting that, they're demanding that. And so uh, we're at the forefront of that. Uh, we're very proud of the work that we've done with our partnership with ASM, who, who, who runs our building, um, to develop health and safety protocols so that the fan is in a, an environment of trust and confidence that um, we've uh, taken every precaution we can to clean and to sanitize and to create whether it's the social distancing or it's the wearing of the masks by, by our staff or whatever that may be. And that's the first thing to convey uh, so that fans have the confidence to be at Paycom Center this fall. Um, secondly, it's about leaning into the next generation of the Thunder. It, it's, it's a new team. It's a team of, of, uh, of great uh, potential. Uh, we're going we're gonna to watch a whole new generation of Thunder players uh, join the team, come together, develop, to grow, to mature, 
Um, it's going to be an exciting journey to be a part of. And, and we're going to continue to remind the marketplace that the journey is the value, right? It's not the outcome. The outcomes are unknown. The outcomes are, 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 are you can't predict them. You don't know where you're going you're gonna to land. The, the, the journey and the value and the experience is in being there when you see new players arrive, when you see the team come together, when you see players connect, when, when, you, when you can say to yourself, I was there when I saw this happen. I was there when you know, a new player joined the team or I was there that first season for you know, a new player. That's, that's the value of being a fan, is being a part of that emotional journey and caring about the team on, on an emotional level. And so I think you're going to see us spend a lot of time talking about this next generation of the funder. And it's about a new environment. It's about reinventing the game experience. It's about when you enter Paycom Center this fall, it's about knowing that we've been very intentional about creating uh, a new energy into the game experience, whether it's through music, whether it's through videos, whether it's through you know, different types of entertainment that's happening uh, throughout the course of the game, whether it's through uh, new content on the concourses, whether it's refreshed imagery, We've really tried to create a sense of optimism and energy that this is the beginning of the next generation. And, and that aligns with our sales and marketing efforts that you know, we're bringing on new fans every day. We're bringing in a new generation of Thunder subscribers. We're selling ticket packages to people that are new to the ecosystem. And so there's a real freshness that's coming through the fans' point of view, that's coming through uh, our expectations on how to deliver upon what, what their first experience will, will be like, yet also really staying connected and, and grounded to what the Thunder has always been about. And it's about first-class service. Uh, it's about uh, authentic engagement. It's about uh, an honest effort uh, on and off the court. Uh, it, it's about community leadership, and it's about a sense of equality for everybody that's involved in, in what the Thunder experience is about. And so we're really excited about the beginning of the season. It's been a long 20 months uh, since, since we had to suspend our, our play uh, in, in March of 2020. Um, but I think that um, the excitement in our office today is because we put so much work into uh, reinvigorating uh, what it means to be connected to the Thunder and, and how we connect with fans and how we tell our stories to our fans, how we conduct the game experience and how that complements um, your connectivity to the team. Brian, you've Set yourself, you've been in this business for a while. How have uh, those game day strategies to get fans into the stadium, how have those changed over the years? Because, I mean, it didn't used to be uh, as hard. You weren't competing against a bunch of other things out in the marketplace for these fans. I mean, they could stay at home in their comfy house where they can get soda and beer and bathroom right down down the hallway. How do you how do you compete with that, and how has that changed? It's a very it's much more competitive than ever before. Um, even just thinking of like the culinary experience in Oklahoma City, you, you could say that it's transformed in the last ten or twelve years. Um, so how have we kept up in the arena? H how do we keep up with like you said the energy of the live experience versus you know sitting at home in front of a large screen television with surround sound? Um, it's that authenticity of being together with people, with like-minded experiences that, you know, I don't know if fans are going to high five in October of 2021 after what we've been through, but it's that, it's that shared experience. It's about seeing things happen live and sharing it with others emotionally. And maybe we'll fist bump instead of high five this time, but it's about that connectivity. It's about that sense of, uh, of, of purpose that, 
you know, that the thunder is, is, is a part of something bigger than itself, that it's about looking out into downtown Oklahoma City today and seeing these beautiful parks and, you know, the Omni and the Convention Center and the Devon Tower and all of these things that represent, you know, the modern Oklahoma City, which has transformed in the last 10 or 15 years. And, and we're proud that we get to sit in the middle of that, that the thunder is a part of that cultural and economic renaissance. And, and so um, we, we have to embrace that. But we also are very cognizant that things have changed, that uh, we're selling more um, micro packages, if you will, than ever before. And, and we have to, and we want to. It's about getting a new person engaged in our business. So, you know, 10 years ago, I'm not sure we would have really entertained the idea of selling a six-game ticket package. You know, it was season, t the demand for season tickets was so significant that we could really leverage that and, and, and feel accomplished in our business mission. Today, we want to sell these six-game ticket packages and these 10-game ticket packages. They're sampler content. You know, marketers would talk about, you know, trial product or, uh, or entry-level product. Um, we need that because we, we have to bring in a whole new generation of consumer. And today, uh, especially with the growth in Oklahoma City, the, the census, you know, recently you know, illustrated how much we've grown in, in, in the last few years. We need to create a sampler. We, we, we need to get people to come into the building, to sit in the seats, to fist bump the, the, the stranger next to them, to have that shared experience and to fall in love with what it means to support the thunder and how the thunder can help amplify and elevate everything that's happening in our community. Whether you're a diehard fan or not, doesn't matter. It's about whether you want to be connected. And I think that the thunder will continue to lean into that and be really open and connected to more customized experiences. And I think that's really, you know, at the heart of how we're going to build this organization to its next level over the next couple of years. The Thunder has a really close relationship with the entire Oklahoma community. And so there's the in arena experience during game day, but there's so many other facets and parts of the Thunder relationship with Oklahoma. Tell us about those. I think um, of all the relationships that, that we have um, aspired to have and to be authentic with, we think about, you know, our reach in Tulsa. You know, we, we, we play a, a preseason game in Tulsa every year. Um, it's a very important platform for us. We still remember uh, the former mayor, Kathy Taylor, standing up in front of the NBA Board of Governors in 2008, uh, saying that Tulsa will help to support this team. It was a statewide impact. Um, and so we are very intentional about, you know, bringing the Thunder experience to Tulsa as often as we can whether that's through our performance groups, whether it's rumble appearances, whether it's taking the Thunder Girls on, on, uh, to elementary schools and, re and read books to kids, whether it's dedicating Thunder-branded basketball courts, and it's playing the game uh, in Tulsa every year. It's an important part of how we grow. Uh, that has helped us to develop the Thunder Fellows Program, uh, which is uh, launching this, this fall. We're really proud of what we're doing with the Thunder Fellows Program. And then I think about, you know, locally, um, the Oklahoma City Memorial. Um, and, and the work that we've done with them. I think it's well documented that our players uh, often make a visit to the memorial as their orientation uh, to the organization as a way to understand how important uh, a moment that was in, our, in, in, in the journey of our, of our city. Um, but it also helps to ground us in what we represent, you know, in, in, in what the thunder can do and, and, and how it can impact. And just a few years ago, we designed a, an alternate jersey that honored the Oklahoma City uh, National Memorial and Museum. And it's those kind of partnerships that I think are, are very germane to, to how the Thunder um, thinks and, and its authenticity as a community leader so that we're connected and that we're 
um, helping to amplify uh, platforms, whether it's through our work in the school systems or it's our work with the, with the Oklahoma City National Memorial, or whether it's new and emerging things like the Thunder Fellows Program. Uh, th those, are, those are ways that I think when we talk about providing community leadership, it, it needs to be in areas that can be really impactful to uh, gaps uh, in, in our city and our state. And so um, we take that very seriously and those partnerships are immensely important to us. Brian, what challenges do you run into as a small market team? Um, I, I've heard you, you speak about this before. It's, so it's, it's kind of more of a, you, you've seen it as a uh, advantage rather than, a, than what people in maybe New York or LA see as a disadvantage for the Thunder. It, it's, a, it's an interesting paradox because um, when I say that it's a small market, it's a small market for our business. It's not a small market for other businesses. I mean, there are many businesses that, that can thrive in a, in a marketplace place like this, and they're not necessarily defined by market size. By virtue of what we do in, it, it, as a member of the NBA and this, this global sports platform, we're competing with marketplaces like Dallas and Miami and Los Angeles and New York and Chicago that, at least on paper, um, have more resources, right? Whether it's a larger population base, which drive cable subscriptions, although that's the archaic uh, methodology, um, whether it's that it's home to larger corporations for sponsorship development and, and partnerships, or um, any of number of other influences that can drive market size and its impact on a business. And so we're in a small market for that. Um, however, this is the only time you'll ever hear me reference that it is in, is in discussions like this because we guard against the fact that we're in a small market. We don't think that way in this organization. We don't let that be an obstacle for growth and for innovation and for um, how we, how we want to grow and develop. In fact, we take a lot of pride in the fact that the business operates at a very high level and competes very well with the quote unquote bigger markets. And I think what that's helped us to do over these 13 years is to um, validate the work that we're doing. That if we can lead with an authentic experience in our community. If we can lead with a brand of, of that resonates uh, with 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 all all types of uh, of folks in our community, if we uh, continue to think about our influence as a community leader, that the business follows, and that you know there's a reason why the Thunder uh, I, I hope continues to to earn uh, such high regard in our community. Um, one, one of my more favorite statistics that we see through surveys and, and different work that we do on, a, on an annual basis is that there are folks who define themselves as not a fan, somebody who doesn't go to the game, somebody who does not actively watch the team on television or listen to the games on radio, and does not have an active following on social media. So they're defined as a not a fan. And yet our score rating with that segment continues to be very favorable because oftentimes what that uh, what, what that survey says is they value the work that we do. They value the impact that we have in our community. They recognize that we do things thoughtfully and at a high level. And that's a fantastic score to earn, right? We can sometimes be blinded by the fact that we're supposed to, um, you know, really impact the fan, right? You think about the fan as something that you can monetize, that it's a metric of engagement and how many games do they come to or how much money do they spend with you or how often do they watch your games on television or how many downloads do you get on social media? And we do all of that. But to also have a high score rating from your non-fan is, is potentially more validating 
to the impact that we can have because it means the work that we do is um, is well received. And that helps us think about our position as a quote unquote small market versus you know potentially a big market that we have an influence here, that we influence the non-fans, that we have a responsibility to do things well and to do things at a high level and to do things that are on the right side of history when we make decisions because we're having a larger impact uh, than just the, the, the team itself. And so through the lens of being a small market, it's a bit competitive. We want to score well against the New Yorks and the LAs and the Chicagos when there's business metrics to be scored upon. And that's a source of pride for the organization. But there's also the intrinsic value of knowing that this is bigger than us. This is bigger than the team, um, that we have to perform well. We have to honor the brand. We have to honor our, our character and, and, and do things uh, right because it's helping to inspire Oklahoma and Oklahoma City to be the best versions of themselves. So whether it's through innovation, it's through new culinary experiences, it's through a new downtown economic influence, it's through developing real estate. If, if the Thunder has a, has a role in helping to convey that to the, to the world at large, that Oklahoma City is a fantastic place because we have the marketing platform to tell that story on behalf of Oklahoma City, that's a, that's a great responsibility to have. Brian, we really appreciate you joining us on the show today. Uh, as we close out, looking ahead at the future, casting vision for the future, what is the Thunder's vision for the next 10 years, 20 years, and beyond? If, if we think about where the Thunder is uh, in 10 or 15 years, um, I, I have to think that it starts with uh, our reputation as a community leader and to have weathered... Um, any crisis or tension that may be in the marketplace, whether that's economic downturns, whether it's um, social unrest, whether it's opportunities to provide confidence to to the community, um, I, I think it, it's it's a great responsibility, and it's something that we we think about quite a bit because there are some critiques to that. There there are some critiques to the thunder should stay in its lane, or the thunder should uh, maybe not be as involved in so many things, um, but we. We dismiss that. We, we think the Thunder's here with a greater purpose. And when I think about the opportunity for us to be where we are and to um, create that sense of optimism and confidence in our community that has far-reaching impact um, uh, for, for folks that are proud to be in Oklahoma, they're proud to live here, they're proud to work here, they're proud to raise their families here, um, the Thunder can have a, a huge impact there. And, and, and that's why it's equally as validating for a non-consumer to tell us that we're doing well as it is a paid consumer uh, who's, who's connected to the team in that way. So um, in 10 or 15 years, I, I'd love to be able to say that the Thunder continues to lead uh, by example. It continues to have a, a broad and impactful community influence, that it has a brand that resonates well uh, with confidence and professionalism um, and an enthusiasm. And, and I think if we are doing that well, the business is healthy, and if the business is healthy, then I think we've checked all the boxes. Yeah, wow, Brent. <laughs> you guys are, uh, the Thunder are really defining what it means to be a sports franchise in the 21st century. Um, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your time today. Um, thank this you. Is, this, has been, this has been a great discussion. I appreciate it very much, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to help tell our story. So thank you. Absolutely. Uh, guys, the Thunder kick off their... They don't kick off. They tip off their first game, uh, the official uh, season of 2021-22 against the Utah Jazz um, at the pa at 
Can I say the Paycom Center? You can say it, but I'm going to remind you that it's Paycom Center. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in, listening to RFP podcast here uh, with Freestyle Creative. Thank you for the thunder, for your time. And, uh, you know, be sure to follow the thunder on social media and all that good stuff. Watch them this, this year. We, we wish you the best of luck, Brian. Thank you. Thank you.